Well, good morning. I am L.D. Campbell. I am Jack Campbell Allen Faust's great-grandfather. And I thank you for your invitation to be your preacher on this very special, special day. And I am glad to be here. Shoot, at my age, I am glad to be anywhere. (laughs) My next birthday, I will be 80 years old. And there are some advantages of old age. Old age means I didn't die young. That's that's, that's a good good advantage. The sack of what I've discovered is... Old age doesn't last all that long, you know, it, it, it doesn't. And people say to me now, oh, LD, you are aging gracefully. That's just a nice way of saying, LD, you are slowly looking really bad. <laughs> you remember Andy Rooney, that crusty old guy that was from 60 Minutes? He, he said some brilliant stuff. He said, I have learned that life is like a roll of toilet paper. The closer you get to the end, the faster it goes. (laughs) We are thankful for the invitation because it gives us the opportunity to be with Ben and Caitlin and our sweet Jack. Isn't he a handsome lad? Takes a lot after his great-grandfather. Our family has nothing but gratitude in our hearts to you for the way you love our kids. And especially the way you loved them one year ago this week. The way you loved them when Jack was born. You were more than wonderful. More than wonderful to them. And we love you for it. And we thank you very much. As a trustee of Johnson University that you support, I uh, thank you for your financial support for the university. It's churches like you that help us to keep our costs down and to offer scholarships to all of our students. And it's churches like you that provided the support for Johnson that allowed a poor mountain boy like me from the mountains of Upper East Tennessee to study for the ministry. And, uh, and you're still doing it, and I am grateful. Now, what is this community called New Hope Christian Church. Let's talk about that. Let's pray and we will get to it. Father, I pray that you will pour through me the gift of preaching. Take these human words and use them to speak to us today. Give each of us just the message you want us to hear because we pray to you in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. There was a newly married couple was driving to their honeymoon. It was foggy, and he could hardly see in front of him. He was behind a slow-moving truck. He pulled out to pass that truck, and because the fog was so dense, he did not see the oncoming van. They had a head-on collision. Their car flipped over and landed on its side in the ditch. Both he and his bride were knocked unconscious. The young groom came to first, and he looked over at his bride, and she was bleeding profusely. And he knows out here on this country road, if something doesn't happen quickly, she's going to bleed out and die. And he looked around to see where he was, and he noticed across the road there was a sign that said, The Office of Dr. John Adams. Wow. 
how blessed here we are in accident in front of a doctor's office. He gathered his new bride up in his arms, and in his weakness, he staggered across the road. He knocked on the doctor's door, and for what seemed like an eternity, he waited. And an old gentleman answered the door. Dr. Adams, Dr. Adams, you have to do something. My wife is going to die. Please, she's going to bleed to death. Save her, save her. Son, son, I'm, I'm so, so sorry. But I stopped practicing medicine years ago. And that groom looked at that old gentleman and he said, Mister, you have two choices. Save her or take down that sign. And don't tell me that I show up with my bleeding, broken wife that's about to die. And I knock on your door and you have the power to save her. And when I show up, you tell me you don't practice anymore. Save her or take down that sign. Now, there is a sermon in there somewhere. And that young groom is right. New Hope Christian Church, you have two choices. Either be the church that God expects you to be or take down that sign. But let's not have a sign that says we represent the kingdom of God to a bleeding and broken world and we allow them to die and we have a medicine cabinet full of resources to meet their needs. That's what this Sunday is all about. So what kind of community does God expect New Hope Christian Church to be. Now, our Christian faith offers us a relationship with a person, the person of Jesus Christ. New Hope Christian Church is a community that is devoted to a person, Jesus Christ, the Son of God who was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose from the day he ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. Our Christian faith offers us a relationship with that person, Jesus Christ. But our Christian faith also offers us a relationship with people, a relationship with people. <clears throat> let's just be honest let's just be honest God has some weird children alright <laughs> let's just be honest about it I've been doing this longer than most of you have been alive and I ought to know God's got some strange kids amen <laughs> but we live together in a relationship with one another in the context of a community called the church and it's interesting to me how the word community is defined. Community is a partnership of free people committed to the care and the nurturing of each other's mind, body, and soul through participatory means. Now, is that a definition of the church or what? Committed to the care and nurturing of mind, body, and soul through participatory means. That's the church. But what kind of community does God expect New Hope to be? It's recorded in 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, if you want to turn. 2 Corinthians, <clears throat> the first chapter, we begin at verse 1. I'm reading from the NIV. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles 
so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received. Now down to verse 8. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the providence of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Now, God expects New Hope Christian Church to be a community of faith, a community of faith. Now, Paul's opening words to the Corinthians make this crystal clear. His letter is addressed to the church of God. Now, it's not, not any God in general, not some other kind of God, but he makes it very clear. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort. And we rely on God who raises the dead. New Hope Christian Church is a community defined by its faith in Jesus Christ and God who raises the dead. Rich Mullins, in his great song, The Creed, there is a line that says, I believe it makes me what I am. I don't make it, it's making me. John Stott is my favorite scholar and author, and he says, good conduct arise, rises out of good doctrine. Isn't that good? Good conduct arises out of good doctrine. So New Hope Christian Church is a community centered on its faith in God who is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, and a God who raises the dead. God expects New Hope Christian Church to be a community of faith. God expects New Hope Christian Church to be a community of comfort. A community of comfort. Look what Paul says in verses 3 and 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. N.T. Wright is one of the foremost New Testament scholars of our time. And listen what he says about comfort. He says this. The whole idea of the word is that one person is caring for another. Speaking words which can change their mood and situation. Giving them courage and new hope. New in direction. New insight. Which will alter the way they face the next moment. The next day. The rest of their life. It meets people where they are. And brings them right on to the point. Where they are strong enough to see. New hope. New possibilities. And new ways forward. Now, let me tell you how I saw the word comfort at work. Let me tell you how I saw it. A few years ago on Memorial Day weekend, Ben and I led the worship at Woodland Hills Christian Church in Abingdon, Virginia. That's where Lee's dad, Ben's dad, Lee, and our daughter, Johnny, served. Between the services, I met this joyful, perky lady named Siri. Siri, just like on your phone, Siri. And she said, Mr. Campbell, I want to tell you what Johnny means to me. I came to this church a broken, broken person. And I needed someone who was transparent. I needed a real person. I didn't need any pious, phony, plastic saint. I needed, I needed a real person. I went to the prayer team. Johnny was on the prayer team that day. 
She heard my story. She was compassionate. She was real. And through her encouragement and comfort, I was given the strength that I needed. And I said, Siri, what is your story? She said, my dad was a Lutheran pastor. We lived a meager life. I went to college and I fell in love with an economic major. And I thought, cha-ching, money for the first time. We graduated, married, and was working. In the middle of the night, my husband woke me up and he said, Siri, I've got the call. We left our jobs and our home and we went to Asbury Seminary. He graduated. He was ordained a Methodist, ordained a pastor in the Methodist church. We were serving a church. We were serving a church. He was in the church listening to a ball game. Some pitcher was pitching a no-hitter. So he left the church and went to our house, which was right beside the church, to finish watching it on television. There was some utility company working on the gas lines in front of our church. Something went wrong. Our church and half of our house was blown to bits. And my husband survived because he was in the half of the house that did not blow up. But if he hadn't gone home when he did, he would have been killed when the church blew Sometime later, we took our kids on a camping trip, and my husband contracted a bacteria from the soil, and in two weeks, he was dead. One of our sons contracted the same bacteria, but he survived after being weeks and weeks in the hospital. So now, here I am, a young widow, and I have struggled. It has been a struggle, and it continues to be a struggle with my boys but through your daughter's transparency through her compassion through her love I found a family here that comforts me and loves me and accepts me and gives me hope and strength and I have the joy of the Lord (laughs) now Johnny by her compassion her comfort her transparency she said to Siri I am concerned I am here to comfort you. I am here to come alongside of you. I'm here to fortify you, Siri. I am here to give you courage and hope. And then sometimes later, Lee and Johnny baptized her into Christ. Now, folks, there are series here every Sunday. There are series all around you. And you have been called to be A community of comfort. I love the way the message translates it. God comes alongside of us when we go through hard times. But before you know it, he brings alongside someone else who is going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. Now, folks, listen. We cannot be a community of comfort unless, unless we slow down Get our minds off of me, myself, and I. And as someone prayed before we began the service this morning, get out of our comfort zones and reach out to others. Get our minds off of all the stuff that we're going through in our world and reach out to others. See, the gospel that you're celebrating this morning, the gospel is about embracing those who are broken by life. And giving them strength for today 
and hope for tomorrow. God has created you to be a community where, where the series out there are brave enough to come out of the shadows and trust you and trust you. And the series out there need to know, they need to know that we are just as broken and have needs as they do. But we have trusted in God who is our Father. We have trusted in His Son, Jesus Christ. We have trusted in the God of comfort. And we rely on God to raise the dead. They need to know that. So God expects you, New Hope Christian Church, to be a community of faith. A community of comfort. And God expects you to be a community of hope. Of hope. Look at verse 8. We do not want you to be uninformed brothers and sisters about the troubles we experienced in the providence of Asia. We were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired even of life. This is the great apostle Paul. This is the super apostle. And he's at the end of his rope. No more room to hold on. But at the end of his rope... (laughs) There was hope, hope in God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of compassion, the God of comfort, and the God who raises the dead. And Paul knew at the end of that rope, he tied his knot of hope on, hope in God who raises the dead. And he held on because he possessed a living hope. Look at verse 9. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. And said to me with a big smile, Mr. Campbell, I still have the joy of the Lord. And I thought later, how in the world could she go through all that trauma and all those ongoing issues with her children and still possess the joy of the Lord? Long before that crisis that rocked her world, she had chosen to believe in God who is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of compassion, the God of all comfort, and she is relying on God who raises the dead to raise her dead husband. She couldn't stop believing if she wanted to. You know what she told me? She said, when my husband died... I drove to the parking lot of our church, and I had a conversation with Satan. She said, no, Mr. Campbell, I'll be honest, I cussed him out. I just cussed him out. And she said, I told him, if you think that you're going to use this to rob me of my faith, you are wrong. God will use this to strengthen my faith, and he has. The late Fred Craddock who Time Magazine said was one of the top ten preachers in the English-speaking world. And uh, he was a graduate of Johnson, the greatest preacher that Johnson's ever produced. This is what Fred Craddock said. Hmm. Sometimes we believe because of what God does, while at other times we believe in spite of what God does. Hmm. Is that right or what? Faith is in part a mystery because faith is trust. Who can explain the origin, the vitality, the dynamic, the tenacity of trust one person has in another? Another, Look at this. 
Trust has its reasons to be sure, but it also has its wounds. Trust has its reasons to be sure, but it also has its wounds. But as in any relationship, we choose to keep trusting. Why? Because we trust the person. We love the person that we are trusting. See, that's our hope. When you are going through hell itself, we, we have a faith and a comfort and a hope in the God of compassion, the God of all comfort, and a God who raises the dead. Hmm. Now, let me tell you how practical this is. This is very practical, very practical stuff. This faith, this hope, this comfort, very practical stuff. 1977, Ron and Aileen Justice became members of First Church of Christ, where I was. And Ron served as our deacon. And then when Ron retired, we hired him to do our maintenance man. And he could do anything with his hands. And he, he was so great to work with. We were so glad to have him around. But we began to notice there, there was some physical changes in Ron, in his appearance. Now, Ron was a thin man to begin with. But we began to notice that he began to lose weight and his color changed. And he'd come by the office and he'd say to me, Elia, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just don't have any energy anymore. He said, I, I've never had this kind of problem before. I just don't know what's wrong with me. I have no energy. Well, he finally went to the doctor, and he was diagnosed with leukemia. And then began the battle to try to save Ron's life. And for the next two years, it was a physical, mental, spiritual roller coaster for Ron and his family. In and out of the hospital. In and out of the hospital. He was in the hospital again. This time the treatments were not working. And the doctor finally told his family. There's nothing else that we can do. And Ron is terminal. Family called me and told me what the doctor said. And as the apostle Paul in our text said. Ron had received the sentence of death. I went to the hospital and I took a chair and I pulled it right up as close as his bed as I could get it. And I said, Ron, I understand today you got some good news and bad news. The good news is that you're going to be with Jesus soon. (laughs) You're going to be out of this body of pain and agony. No more long agonizing nights in pain And you're going to be at home with Jesus forever in a new body. But the bad news is, Ron, you have to leave us. And his eyes glistened and he said, yes, yes. And we talked about it. Now, naturally, he did not want to leave his family. But Ron was a man of faith. Long ago, Ron had trusted in the God who raises the dead for his salvation. I took Ron's hands in mine, and I said, Ron, I want you to do something for me. He said, well, what in the world can I do for you now, Heldy? Ron, my mama died when I wasn't yet four years old. I still remember my mama. I have sweet memories of my mama. But I haven't seen my mama now in 70 years. And I think, I think 
that you will see my mama before I do? Would you tell her that I love her and tell her it won't be as long as it has been until I see her? He reached up his little bony hand and patted my face. And he said, I will, LD. For you, I will. For you, I will. Four days later, we gathered at First Church of Christ and we celebrated Ron's life believing in the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of compassion, the God of all comfort. And we were relying on God who raises the dead. New Hope Christian Church, that young groom was right, you know. Either be the com- com- community of faith And comfort and hope that God expects you to be. Or take down that sign. Or take down that sign. Pray with me. Father until the journey is over. May New Hope Christian Church continue to be a community that proclaims hope in a God. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The God of all compassion. The God of comfort. And may they be a community that comes together to celebrate a God who raises the dead. And it's in the name of your son we pray, Jesus. And all God's people join me and said, Amen. Amen.